Right, in today's video, we're gonna clear a few things up because there's a lot of confusion at the moment. There's a lot of conflicting information. And as a result of that, people don't know who to trust or what to do. And then what that tends to lead to is people do nothing. People don't do anything, people don't change. And as a result of that, people get very frustrated because they, they have the intention, they want to do something about it, but they don't know what to do. And a confused buyer does not buy. It's human psychology. So today I'm going to help you to understand why there is so much conflicting information, how to know what you can trust. And most importantly, I'm gonna teach a man to fish. You're the man and I'm gonna teach you how to fish. <laughs> and basically what I mean by that is I'm gonna teach you how to use Google properly when it comes to your health. Because I didn't know this for years. And then once I started digging into it and I found it, it actually becomes very simple. But before we get into all of that, we first have to understand what is going on from a psychological point of view. Why are you getting frustrated? Why are you getting served all this conflicting information? What is actually happening here? So you have decided in your brain that you are aware of a problem that you have. So you've basically said, I have a problem. Okay. So you now have a, you're now problem aware. You're, you're self-consciously aware of an issue that you have. Maybe someone has told you this. Maybe you've realized it for yourself, but either way, you are aware. And the awareness stage of the journey can last for years for some people. For some people, it can last for a split second. And the stage underneath that is consideration. And when you are considering the problem, you are effectively starting your journey of looking for a solution. And this is where you start to do research. And the first place most people go for research is the internet, particularly when it comes to their health. Most people don't like to ask people's opinions at the beginning because maybe they're a little bit embarrassed or insecure about whatever's going on. So they turn to their phone, they turn to their laptops, and they go on the internet. Now it used to be that people would go straight to Google. However, now a lot of people are going to social media. It doesn't really matter what your entry point is though, because these days everything's tied together. And if you were to, let's say you were to start on social media and you were to search for something, how to lose weight, for example, you've effectively just been tagged on the internet. And now you are going to start getting served adverts because that's basically what these platforms are, whether it's Google or whether it's social media, they are advertising platforms. They are going to advertise to you and you're going to get a lot. You're going to get bombarded. You're going to get a lot of stuff that conflicts one another and it's going to cause you very a lot of confusion. And as a result of that, maybe you will buy the one that sounds the easiest and the quickest, it has the sort of least amount of friction and it, it maybe it costs the least. You know, we all have different things, uh, sort of objections internally that we're trying to overcome. And it depends on the person. Some people, they want the thing right now. Some people, they want the thing as cheap as possible. Those tend to be the two things. It's time or money. And I think we all generally have an understanding that if we're paying more for something, we're probably gonna get it quicker. If we're paying less, it might take a little bit longer something like that, or the quality might not be as good, right? However, what is happening at this stage is you then might go to Google and you might start searching on Google how to lose weight. But once again, you are gonna be met by a wall of adverts and you're gonna be met by a wall of articles, blog articles. And those blog articles are indirectly advertising because those articles are then geared to send you to another website which is going to then sell you something. They effectively have become affiliates. So people will write blogs 
And that the, the, the way they make money off of those blogs is that they are linking products or services that they are recommending. So they are building your trust, effectively selling you a story and then linking you to another website to buy something and they make a commission on that sale, okay? Because you have to remember like the health industry is trillions of dollars big, it's enormous. And it's a big problem. It's one of our primary concerns, you know, health, wealth, and relationships is one of our primary concerns. So there's always gonna be a lot of money spent on it. And what's crazy is we have more information than ever. We have cheaper access to solutions and to information. We have global access now as well. And yet health, physically and mentally in the developed world is going in the wrong direction. And a lot of that, and maybe all of it, is down to the fact that people are more confused than ever because there's just so much information. But not only is there so much information, there is so much conflicting information. So if you're in this position, it's very subconscious, but hopefully there I've just moved it from the subconscious to the conscious and now you understand why you're sort of in the position that you might be in, okay? What then, we throw another thing into the mix called podcasts, okay? So podcast is where a host tends to get an expert on and they have a conversation about a topic and they go their separate ways. It tends to be that the guest on that podcast has something to sell you as well and they will, the, the host will link the guest's product and more often than not, they will take a percentage of any sales that they make from that podcast and again, they are affiliated with that business effectively sometimes they're even invested in that business like they're actually like a shareholder in the business of the guest they've got on right so once again this is a source of information it's a growing source of information but it is also a business and we have to bear that in mind and i think more more people than ever are getting their information from podcasts now which can be fantastic because if you think about it if you're listening to a podcast with a billionaire and he is giving you advice on how to make money or to start a business or whatever it might be, how to, you know, the best morning routine, it doesn't really matter. He's renting out, he or she is renting out his time to you. And if you think what an hour's worth of time in your ears, he or she is worth, it's probably in the hundreds of thousands, if not the millions, and you're getting that for free. Yeah, okay, you might have to put up with uh, the odd 30 second advert on Spotify, but for the most part, you're getting it for free, okay? And you're getting it in a condensed one hour, maybe two hour format with a host who's probably very well attuned to asking good questions and leading, leading the, the guest in the direction that they want the, the conversation, the narrative to go, okay? So it has a huge net positive. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. It's, we're very lucky to live in this generation where we can literally like pick a person, like basically anybody, even this year, Jeff Bezos has started doing podcasts. Like they're the richest man in the world. They are that big that even he is now like, I need to jump on this. And he's done one that I'm aware of with Lex Friedman. It was like three hours. I'll be honest, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. It was like an hour and a half of it was just talking purely about space, which is interesting, but it's not like it's not like you're not learning much. And then the other half was was very interesting. It was around business and, and stuff like that. But you've got Elon Musk, you've got Jeff Bezos, you've got all of these guys and girls who are, they've, you know, made it. And you can listen to them for free. And they are, you will always notice as well that the most successful people are giving. They're very giving. They will always want to try and build people up, help people up. 
I did a tweet the other day, losers will kick the ladders out from under the feet of other people trying to climb. Winners will throw down the rope to pull them up. So true. Easiest way to tell if the people around you are winners or losers is, your, is their attitude to your development. If they are resentful or negative, then the chances are they're a loser. That might be hard to hear, it might be hard to comprehend. You might be thinking I'm being too black or white with it. Cool, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just telling you that's how it is. And you know, that's the amazing thing about podcasts. These guys are coming on. They have they don't need to. Do you think Elon Musk needs to do a fucking podcast? No. The guy is set. He could retire tomorrow, disappear forever, never work a day in his life, never speak to another person that he didn't want to ever again. These guys and girls do not need to do this. They are doing it out of the kindness of their heart because they're playing a game as well. They're playing the game of life, they're playing the game of business, and they get a genuine buzz off of it. So podcasts have an amazing benefit, and I'm not saying to disregard them. However, more so than ever, what is happening is, is that podcast is becoming a very lucrative business. And as a result of that, there's more people trying to do it. And as a result of that, the competition is increasing exponentially. But there's also a lot more money going into that industry. Sponsors will now pay tens, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars to shows so that the competition is getting, it's becoming steeper and steeper and steeper. So these podcast hosts and their teams, because a lot of them have become businesses, are now monetarily incentivized, basically. They need to make as much money as possible. And the way they do that is they get the most attention. And the way they get the most attention is by making the headlines, whether that's a thumbnail or the text, as clickbaity as possible. So it might be that the conversation is actually incredibly eloquent and it has really nothing to do with the thumbnail, but they've said one sentence which is particularly eye-catching, controversial, polarizing, whatever it may be, and they stick with that one, okay? And unfortunately, that is just the way the world we live in now. So it's come back to us as the consumer to become better informed. So we now move on to how to actually do this because you cannot just Google how to lose weight how to build muscle. Because what you will get is you will get a lot of methodologies. You will basically get told you have to do set exercises or eat at a certain time or eat certain foods or avoid certain foods. Or, and the, the deeper you go down the rabbit hole, the more ridiculous it gets. But what's happening is, is you think you're getting closer and closer to the answer, but you're not. You're just getting closer and closer to the abyss. And it sucks. And it's, uh, it genuinely keeps me awake at night because I'm like constantly trying to like figure out how the hell do we solve this problem? Because we can't shut down the social media platforms. We can't stop the, we can't, you know, uh, filter the podcasts and we can't say like, is this person right? We can't lie detect to them. You know, maybe there should be more regulation and legislation around it. Maybe there will be eventually, but there certainly isn't now. And even then, you know, there's plenty of regulation in the world these days and it doesn't seem to do a whole lot of good for a lot of people. So I think we are best to educate ourselves. And you can do this very simply. Because a lot of people, one of the main reasons people get confused these days is because almost every single person who is saying something on the internet is saying it with, uh, and they're saying that they've got scientific backing. They're saying that there's evidence for this. And people go, okay, well, if they've got evidence, then it must be true. Or they have two little letters in front of their name that automatically assign a lot of trust and validity to everything they say. DR doctors okay now i want to preface this 99.9 percent .9 of doctors are amazing 
We need doctors. They are incredible people who do insanely selfless things. However, just like any industry in the world, there is always going to be that 0.1% who are cunts. <laughs> and there's no other way of saying it. And unfortunately, these guys have a disproportionate amount of someone's trust. If you think about when you're trying to influence someone to make a decision, you're going to your likelihood of being able to influence them is whether they know you, like you, or trust you. Okay? And it could be that if and if you know if you know, like, and trust that person, you're basically sold before they've even spoken. But you might not know a doctor. And if you don't know a doctor, you can't like them. But those two little letters in front of their name automatically give them a lot of trust. You've always been told, trust the policeman, trust the doctor. And again, I really want to make this clear. 99.9% .9 of doctors you can absolutely trust. They do mad shit. I've got a lot of medical people in my family and they're all amazing. However, there are the one, the 0.1% who you can't, but how do you know who you can't and who you can? Again, it comes back to us to do our own research, okay? So what you'll find is that just like anything, when it comes to scientific research, there are levels of scientific evidence and levels of scientific studies. And what you'll see is that the mainstream media leverage this to their advantage for clickbait headlines and to keep people in confusion. And then these 0.1% of doctors or charlatans, zealots, evangelists, whatever you want to call them, they also leverage this evidence as well. But it's not evidence. And I'm using evidence for anybody who's listening to the podcast in air quotes because it really has no, that word in this context has no value. So right at the bottom of the pyramid of evidence is opinion, expert opinion. So it could be, I don't know, you've got an eye doctor and you go to the eye doctor and you've got a red eye and you just say, doctor, I've got a red eye and my eye hurts. The doctor hasn't touched you, has come within like six foot of you, no idea anything about you, hasn't seen your medical history, nothing. But they could probably make a pretty good assessment of what might be wrong or what might have happened. Okay? Because they're an expert and they can give their opinion. But it's not evidence because they can't prove it. Okay? Then above that, we have... People, these have different names, but you could call them cohort studies, observational studies, it doesn't really matter. And this is basically where like a group of researchers will get together and they'll say, right, we want to prove a hypothesis because that's the point of scientific research is to prove hypothesis. Okay. And they'll go, right, we want to prove a hypothesis that um, eggs are bad for you. Just an example. This is actually a real life one as well. And then basically what they will do is they will find a group of people and this could be any group of people, it's, it's completely up to them how they do this. But let's say they, I don't know, they want to see, they want to find men in their 30s in, I don't know, Holland. And they'll go to them and they'll say, right, are you a man in your 30s in Holland? Right, cool. I want you to report to us, just to tell us how many eggs you have on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or in a year or whatever it might be. So that's it. And then they will get that data back from the people and then based on the health markers of those of that cohort of that observational cohort they will make an assessment as to whether eggs are good or bad and you might be hearing this and be like surely not yes this happens this absolutely happens 
and the media take the studies that are published, they take the headlines, they make them even more clickbaity because that's what they do, and then they publish them. And they'll be like, eggs are bad for you. Science says so, basically. And us, as the consumers, if you even get past the headline and read the subheadline, which might say like, this study done in this place, whatever it might be, and then you're like, oh wow, okay, well I don't know too much about this. Shit, I better not eat eggs. You tell all your friends, and then it spreads, and this is how we get Chinese whispers and uh, what do they call them? Like, why um, old wives tales and stuff like that, and it gets passed down generations, okay? So we have that, okay? So that's the second layer. Then we go up another lever, level, and this is where we get into a little bit more higher quality. So where we can get blind studies or even double blind studies. And we can get double blind placebo studies as well. So this is a blind study is where the, the person taking part doesn't know whether they're getting given the placebo or the actual thing. And a double blind is where the researchers and the people taking part don't know who's getting what. So effectively you're trying to remove all bias. Now these studies can be pretty good. However, the one caveat I will make with these studies is that you've got to make sure if you're looking at evidence from studies that are done at this level, that they are done in humans and not in animals or in cells. Because scientists will often do studies if they can't, it's quite difficult to be approved to do a study in, in humans. Okay, so they will often do them in rats, monkeys, dogs, cats. It doesn't really fucking matter. They'll do them in whatever they're allowed to get away with, basically. Or they'll just do them in cells. So they literally just do them in cells. That's it. And again, they will then publish their data. So ideally, if you're going to look at this level, you want to look at studies that are done in humans and double-blind placebo, okay? But the level above that is really what you want to be paying attention to. I'm just giving you this bit of it so you understand the full pyramid. Right at the top of the pyramid, we have systematic meta-analysis studies. This is where a group of researchers will take all of the qualifying research papers done on a particular topic, pull them all together, and pull the analysis from those studies. So what they will do as part of that process, is they'll go through potentially thousands of studies and basically go, we're not going to listen to this one because it's observational. We're not going to listen to this one because it was done in mice. We're not going to do, listen to this one because it was done 50 years ago, whatever. I'm just giving you some examples there. And they will come up maybe with, they'll start with a thousand, they'll end up with 50. And they'll be like, right, we're going to look at these 50 studies. And let's say that this, the topic is caffeine, because caffeine is one of the most researched supplements in the world, drugs in the world. So they'll pull these 50 studies. They'll look at the commonalities of all of them, if they can find them and then they will publish their conclusions. So those are the types of studies. That's the scientific evidence you really want to be reaching for. So what I would suggest is if you have listened to a podcast and it's piqued your interest, let's say it's about an extreme diet, about veganism or about a carnivore diet or keto diet or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that sounds interesting. My advice would be to not just completely upend your life, change everything and go all in on it. My advice would be to do your own research. And by me telling you this, hopefully you're gonna know how to do your own research. So very simply put, if you want to do your own research, let's, let's pick that keto diet example, right? 
What I now want you to do is to Google this, meta-analysis studies of the ketogenic diet. And basically just by putting meta-analysis studies at the beginning of any Google search when it comes to your health and fitness is going to give you far better data and research and actual scientific evidence as to the pros and cons of that. Now these scientific studies can be a little bit uh, dense, but more often than not they come with conclusions. And you can read what they call the abstracts at the top, and then you can scroll right down to the bottom and read the conclusions. Read three to five. It's going to take you 10 minutes and see what you can find. But 10 minutes of research might save you months or years, and it might save you thousands of pounds or dollars. The other thing you can do, if you really want to go deep, is go on ChatGPT and just ask ChatGPT. So it could be like, I don't know, show uh, what do the um, meta-analysis studies on the ketogenic diet show as the pros and cons? Something like that, I don't know. And it's going to give you the list and it's going to, at least then, it's going to be actually scientifically evidence-based. Because anybody nowadays can say, oh, it's evidence-based, it's evidence-based. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Literally three days ago, I listened to a podcast that said this, and now I'm listening to the same podcast, but with a different guest, and it's telling me the complete opposite. So I would 100% encourage you to keep listening to these podcasts. Take them with a pinch of salt and do your own research. But when you're doing your own research, make sure you're doing it by looking for meta-analysis studies. And I fucking promise you, it's going to change your life. That is how you lose, use Google, ladies and gents. Boom. I hope this was useful. It was a bit more in depth, 22 minutes, but I hope that was useful. I feel like there's a lot of conflicting information. There's a lot of confusion out there. And, you know, like I said, right at the top, a confused mind doesn't buy, doesn't change, doesn't do anything. Okay. So I'm trying to take you out of that state of confusion and doing this is the best way to do that. So I hope that was useful and I'll see you tomorrow.